0: and welcome to The Geode, your guide to modern wellness and woo. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. I'm a mom, a veteran, and a modern mystic, and I'm on a mission to create an inclusive wellness community. A few years ago, I found myself drawn to the world of spirituality, and I loved it. But I also felt really self-conscious about what I didn't know yet. I didn't feel comfortable asking questions or showing up to certain events. And I definitely never heard or saw anyone with a voice like mine. Someone who's grounded, relatable, approachable, really funny, and also really witchy. And that's why I created this podcast. On the podcast, we're going to cover everything from astrology to crystal healing, energy work, human design, and even tantric Ayurveda, all from the perspective of relevant and thought leaders I wanted to create a safe place for you to learn more about these contemplative and mystical practices and offer a variety of information so you get to decide what resonates with you on your own terms I hope that you love it because I love you on the podcast we have Benita Mayo. Benita is a yoga instructor who teaches yin yoga. If you're not familiar with that form of yoga, she talks to us about what it is and why she chose it or I guess why it kind of chose her. In addition to being an amazing yoga instructor, what I really love about her is how hard she works at making sure her classes are welcoming and inclusive. And She is really incredible. You can hear throughout the interview, she speaks about how she was nervous to come onto the podcast, but that she did it anyway because she knew she had a story that people needed to hear. This podcast is great for anybody who struggles with perfection, trauma. Um, Maybe you've been curious about yoga, but you have felt too intimidated to try it. This is also a great podcast for anyone who struggles with body image and courage I really love her story and I know you guys will love it too you could please introduce yourself and your modality. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for
1: um, inviting me to talk about um, the work that I do and myself. Um, So who am I? That's such a loaded question. Um, I'm lots of things. I'm a closet eater. I'm an overspender. I'm insecure. I'm codependent. I'm addicted to busyness and... I'm a UVA alum. I'm a daughter, sister, auntie, friend, yoga teacher, fine art photographer. Um, I've been on my job for 30 years, and I'm someone who has been affected by addictive behavior of others and survived. Um, and it's it's really important that I include all of those parts. Um, part of my journey has been has been to integrate those parts, not wanting to um, associate just with the positive things and disassociate with the parts that I don't like. Um, So as I introduce myself, it's really important that I use that and because I'm all of those things um, and all of those parts are part of my journey.
0: (laughs) I really appreciate that. And I resonated. I chuckled a little bit, um, not to be rude, but just because I really identified with everything that you said. And it was refreshing to hear a story and a person speaking their truth and speaking it with a sense of matter of factness and not shame as in we're all people and we all experience all of these things. And it's very normal and there's no need to be embarrassed or put shame behind this stuff. And so I really appreciated that. Wonderful. Um,
1: and, and also, too, I think it, it kind of speaks to to my part of my yoga journey, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but, you know, as I was saying all those things, knowing that potentially other people would be hearing, you know, this this interview or this recording, um, I felt very exposed and very vulnerable Um So it it always is a a day-to-day journey for sure.
0: Well, I appreciate you being brave in the face of coming out with how you want to speak your truth. So thank you for that. Um, You mentioned yoga. Can you talk a little bit about the yoga that you practice and why you chose that specific yoga technique? Sure. Um, So
1: you know, I do teach yoga. Um, I'm a registered yoga teacher at the 200-hour level. Um, I'm also certified um, in restorative yoga, yoga for 12-step recovery, um, trauma-informed yoga, yoga for all, and yin yoga. Um, my jam is yin yoga. Um, yin yoga, It's I was introduced to it um. Oh my gosh. Maybe about five or six years ago, and it just said, "Come to me." You know, it it just spoke to me louder than um, any of the other um, types of yoga out there. And um, and I read somewhere, and I, and I didn't I didn't make this up, but it certainly is true. Um, yin yoga is the practice that you didn't know you needed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it truly, truly is. It's it's it kind of sneaks up on you. Um, so, yeah. So um, so I teach I teach here locally in Charlottesville um, at the UVA Contemplative Scientist Center. And I teach at Common Ground Healing Arts, which is a nonprofit here in Charlottesville.
0: Wonderful. Can you I'm not totally familiar with all the different types of yoga. Can you give me a brief explanation of what separates yin yoga from the other types of yoga? Sure. Sure. So, um,
1: most of us are familiar with, um, Ashtanga or Iyengar, um, Vinyasa. Uh, those are all names that most people are familiar with, especially here in the West. Um, yin yoga is, is just the opposite of that. Um, So with the yin yoga practice, the goal is to, it's an inward practice. Um, So initially with yin yoga, um, it was called ballast yoga. Um, And this style of yoga targeted the disconnected tissues of the body, um, the fascia that covers the body. Um, and then the Taoist yoga um, helps regulate the flow of energy in the body. Um, Paul Grilly actually brought this concept to the forefront um, in, in the U.S. And he studied under Pauly Zink, um, who taught Taoist yoga. Um, and so from Paul Grilly, um, there, he had a student, Sarah Powers, and so between the two of them this was about 20, 25 years ago I believe um, between the two of them they really um, introduced y- yoga to everyone and just brought it brought the style of yoga to the forefront um, Ram Das had a had a quote that I think speaks to um, what yin yoga embodies and that is he said, "The quieter you become." the more you can hear huh. so the quieter you become the more you can hear and and that's what yin yoga is um, so when we speak of yin yoga we speak of in in rel- in relation to something else you know hot in relationship to cold um dark in relationship to light, so everyone's familiar with the Taoist or the taoist yin yang yin yang symbol with the little dot contrasting dot in the middle, and that's basically what that represents it represents that relative relationship um between yin and yang, which goes back to you know yin is the practice you didn't know that you needed um so when I, when I lead a yin yoga practice, um, I like to share with people um, the purpose, which is what I'm doing now, and encourage them to just get comfortable with themselves and also sort of warn them that um, there might be some feelings or emotions that might be generated that could be unexpected. Um, And, and, you know, yin yoga is a simple practice, but I wouldn't say it's an easy practice. Um, And there are only four tenets to the practice. Um, You come to your edge, you be still, you hold for time, and then you release with care. So very simple, but not always always easy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm not great at that stuff. so as you're speaking it I'm like oh that that's that's a challenge you know so it is the the um the the more simplistic things that we think oh that's not so difficult but then when we get on the mat you're like oh wait I'm still holding you know that's exactly and release for care and care so that's yeah and usually it lovely
1: and usually, I don't. When I'm teaching, I, it depends on it depends on the audience that I'm teaching to. Sometimes I'll announce that we'll hold the shapes for three to five minutes, and sometimes I will wait until after the first shape that we embody, which is usually the butterfly pose. When you you know you bring the soles of the feet together, you create a diamond, then you fold forward. It's very. It looks very much like Bhadakonasana but in yin we call it butterfly pose um because a lot of times if you tell someone oh you're going to be holding for three to five minutes that immediately causes anxiety which is what i'm trying not to do Mm -hmm. but after the first shake and they're in it for three three and a half minutes and then i let them know i think there is a sense of accomplishment that comes from that um so um So, yeah, so that's usually how how I introduce it. Um, And the other thing about yin yoga that I I just think is beautiful, I mean, there's so many ways that yin yoga positively um, impacts you. Um, You know, the most obvious would be flexibility, right? Your flexibility is increased. Um, It helps give you a greater range of motion, Um, Sometimes you feel longer, lighter, more loose, you know, from the long held um, stretches. Um, And then, you know, there's this whole concept of fascia, um, which some people are familiar with and some aren't. And the way I like to describe fascia is, you know, you think of an orange and when you peel an orange, you see that white um, webbing that's around the orange and sometimes we peel it away but sometimes we eat it you know it just depends um but that's sort of what fa- fascia is in our human body um mm-hmm. and it's been seen on um when you i can't think of but when you do autopsies when you know so that has been seen there and it truly does in in our whole body and so just by manipulating that those tissues um we help increase our flexibility um Another benefit of our yin practice is, you know, it regu- it's, it's self-regulating. It helps tap into that parasympathetic nervous system, you know. So instead of fight and flight, it's rest and digest. Um, it releases tension and stress, um, which can have, you know, lowering that cortisol level. Um, But the other cool thing that I really enjoy about yin yoga that you don't really find associated with some of the more active um, yoga practices is the incorporation of Taoism and the incorporation of the traditional Chinese medicine. And so um, many teachers... Incorporate that into their classes and just talking about the energy lines that run through the body, and how the different shapes will actually tap into um, the different meridians um, that run run through our body. So, lots of lots of hidden benefits that you don't even think of um, when you're on the mat. So,
0: sounds beautiful. Um... And I feel like you're doing a lot of really impactful work with the groups that you mentioned. Um, I believe that you mentioned with addicts and at common, common Grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the benefits, why, what are some things, what are some misconceptions you think that people have about this work that's preventing them from participating in something that can really impact them in such a positive way?
1: You know, it's really interesting. I think it's it's. It's not a straightforward um, question. I think there are lots of things and lots of misconceptions. So if you just take yoga, um, all forms of yoga, um, there are a lot of um, opinions and and stereotypes that have been formed. I mean, many people feel like they don't have a yoga body. Um, Mm -hmm. They feel like they're not flexible enough. They they think that, oh, let me once I get flexible, then I'll come to yoga. Or once, you know, this issue in my life has has calmed down, then I'll come to yoga. Um, but the secret is, you know, yoga meets you where you are. Um, and I didn't believe that at first. At first, I thought this before I started my yoga teacher training, Um I thought, oh, this is just what people say. You know, I would hear my teachers say it in the course of our class and I'm like, okay, that's just a moniker. It doesn't really mean anything. But oh, my God, it is so true. Um, And so what I like to encourage people to do is if you're feeling that anxiety or you're feeling that self-doubt or you're feeling that you're not able or you're feeling that you don't fit in um yoga is absolutely the place to go because she will show up for you and and she will support you and of course i'm using she pronoun um that's just me um it will it will meet you where you are absolutely um so you know so other misconceptions um about yoga is that you know it's only for set a, a certain economic group um mm. you, you typically you know see the dominant culture in yoga studios. Um, and so that can be a bit off-putting to, to people as well. Um, so those are some of the misconceptions uh, around, around yoga. And so that applies to all of the yoga um, traditions, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I, and you raise um, a really interesting point, some of which uh, I do want to unpack in a bit. But uh, at this point, the thing that I think really resonates with what I think may hold people back or is the body image stuff. And I know body positivity is a large part of your work. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about your journey? Yeah. um,
1: So when I started, um, well, where where do I start with that question?
0: I guess, when did you decide that you wanted to take something that wasn't comfortable or um, something that you felt okay with and turn it into something that is okay i mean was there a turning point where you're like wait actually my body is beautiful or was there a slow progression
1: there was actually so the way that i was introduced um to yoga it was through um i was i had lost a bunch of weight i had gone through one of my many um weight loss and diet routines i would say by this point and um my personal trainer suggested that I go to the local yoga studio where I was living at the time because my hamstrings were tight and she thought that, excuse me. And she thought that it would be really beneficial. You know, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll go and I'll check it out. Um, but to my surprise, um, when I got there, There were a couple of things that happened that I didn't expect to happen. Um, So around that same time, I was dealing with some depression and I would go in and out of of these dark places. And I guess in some ways you could I could describe myself at that time as sort of being like a zombie. You know, you show up, you smile, you go through the motions, um, but no one's really noticing what's happening um, on the inside. You know, and then I would continuously have this these stories that I would tell myself. Um, but when I went to yoga, I would notice these moments of of clarity. Um, I noticed these moments of peace, and, and that loop for a short period of time wasn't playing any longer. Um, and so I was like, hmm, that's kind of a good feeling. But you know, you notice it, but you don't really think anything of it. And then I found myself coming back more frequently. So initially, it might have been only one or two times a week. Um, but by the time I decided to pursue my yoga teacher training, I was in the yoga studio five to seven days a week because it, it just felt like home to me. Um, my mat just was the place where I could go to unload and, and then just release. So emotionally, that's it. But then physically too, I felt so much better despite losing the weight. I think I felt better. I had the greater impact um, from the yoga practice than I did from actually the personal trainer and actually losing the weight um, because I felt stronger and my body just felt more pliable, mm. for lack of a um, a better way to describe it. So, yeah. Um, so that's how I initially came to yoga. Um, and then um, so I decided I was going to do uh, yoga teacher training. And I had sat with it for a long time because I still had this idea in my head that I didn't have a yoga body, even though I was going to yoga as a student in my head, I'm thinking, I don't look like the Mm -hmm. teachers in front of the room and my body can't do wheel or I can't do crow. I did crow when I was in middle school (laughs) and I didn't know it was crow when I was standing on my elbows, but that's exactly what it was. Um, so, yeah, so I was talking to um, two of my yoga teachers at the time that I really respected and, and admired um, and just kind of talked to them about some of my insecurities and, and misgivings about it. And this one yoga teacher, her name is Julie. You know, she looked at me and she said, Benita, you are yoga, she said, your whole the way your outlook, how you can, you know, mm. the energy that I, that she felt with me. She's like, you are a yoga teacher. And so after a couple of conversations and um, she made me realize that it really wasn't so much about the physical part. And still, this is all surface level. I haven't even started to dig into deep of yoga philosophy and all of that. This is just a teacher talking to a student. Um, And in the course of those conversations, she introduced me to two key people that I have to credit for this journey. Um, And that is Diane Bondy. She is the founder of Yoga for All. Um, She's a um, Black yoga teacher from Canada. And then Amber Carnes. And Amber Carnes is the founder of um, Um, body positive. And so between the two of them, I went out and I watched these YouTube videos and I'm thinking, Oh my God, look at them. They're beautiful. They're larger body yoga people. They're, they're out there doing it. And so that gave me inspiration right there. And then it just so happened that particular year. Um, it was 2016. I was turning 50 and I wanted to do something significant to mark my journey to 50. And um, and when I did it, I didn't do it to teach. That's the funny thing. I, I went into training because I wanted to deepen my own practice. Um, but then somewhere in the middle of training, I realized how important this was. And then I reflected on what I saw when I went into the yoga space, I didn't see anybody who looked like me. I didn't see if there was another black person. It was only one. I saw very few larger bodied people. Um, So somewhere in the middle of my training, I realized that I could really be an advocate for this space and I can hold the space for others. And if nothing else, even if they saw me in front of the class, it, hopefully, my hope was it would encourage them to come through the door and then try the class because hopefully they would see a little bit of themselves in me. And, um, and that has really been my motivation. And of course, since then, um, my practice has grown and I realized there are other areas that I want to be an advocate in, but primarily that's, that's a big one because even now, you know, I still struggle with with body image and I'm always checking myself, you know, before you go in front of the class. And um, it's just really interesting how that stuff shows up for you.
0: Yeah, um, I feel like for most women in general, the body is a lifelong, you know, even I don't know. It just seems for most women that at least I know the relationship with the body seems to be some of the most complicated and lifelong battles that we may deal with. But um, I really commend you because I think that you really had a point in the beginning where some of what holds people back is that they don't see something that brings a sense of familiarity to them within the field of yoga. And so I think that it's really commendable that you're where you feel like there isn't enough representation to just be like you know I'm gonna push myself outside of my comfort zone because I know that I would have liked to have seen that and if by pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and I'm in front of a class and someone else sees me and that makes them feel more comfortable to come in then you know I've, I've done A great job and so I really commend you on that I don't know if you really realize like how big that is and it's really amazing and really needed right now where I think you're right there's one dominant culture Mm and I would say like throughout wellness Um, and certainly there needs to be more inclusivity and I think the biggest way you create more inclusivity is um, amplifying voices but also you know finding the courage to represent what you feel like may not be represented.
1: Um, you know, historically I'm I'm a pretty private person and, you know, and, and keep confidences pretty close to the chest. And so another, you know, outgrowth of my yoga practice that I realized was part of my own healing was that, was just that sharing the story. And I didn't really realize how mm-hmm. impactful sharing the story could be. Um, and that it could be a motivator and and can can be inspiration and and contribute to someone else's else's healing. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge point because we're also living in an age of social media where everyone's just posting Mm -hmm. all their highlights. You're sort of inundated every day with like, oh, this person's doing so well, but maybe that person has depression or anxiety that they're not cutting out with. And so, when someone says, look, I can have it together, but I'm also dealing with something right now. Um, I don't, like, I don't have a lot of confidence or I'm dealing with depression. I think there's some sort of alchemy that occurs when you're like, oh, she's so put together, but she's dealing with something like, okay, so it's normal for me. And I totally agree with you that there's so much healing that occurs when we can all just say, I'm not perfect. This is what I have going on. And someone else can be like, Oh, I have that also. Okay. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. I'm not bad. You know, really takes away a lot of the shame around some of the things when we can all see that everyone's sort of dealing with something. I think that's also sort of brings me to the next question of, I mean, this is a big question, but maybe there's one thing that stands out as, um, kind of like a biggest lesson that you've learned so far. I know that that always changed. I feel like for me, like (laughs) every six months, my lesson is always different, but, um, my overall theme in this lifetime has been to calm down. So, um, and that like kind of pops up in different ways at different times. So I was just curious if there's something that I know it always changes, but maybe a sort of like a theme, like a, a lesson theme that you've, you're sort of picking up. Wow. for this lifetime. Um, I'm trying
1: to think how to succinctly, um, concisely, <laughs> mm. how to concisely um, talk about that. Um, you know, yoga, it, it taught me to, loosen my grip a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It it taught me to be in the moment. I now know that that's called mindfulness. At the time, I didn't know that that's what that was called. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it really helped me to accept my growth and renewal and and realizing that it is a journey. Mm And so being so goal oriented my whole entire life, um, you know, through high school and, and when I was at UVA um, on my job, you're, you're so goal oriented. You know, you make a plan and boom, 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 you 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 go through the steps to meet your goal. But what that caused for me was a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of feeling not enough, you know, most of my life. Um and so, and I'm still learning this lesson, actually. Um, and it's an ongoing lesson. And and that is just that, that my growth and renewal is in the journey. And, and that is really what's important. Um, and again, I, I go back to something I mentioned earlier about, you know, showing up. And, and yoga just asked me to just show up and do my best. And at that time, it was huge because no one had said to me, It's okay to just do your best. Um, So Mm. it was a whole new and strange experience for me because, you know, as I said, college, career, even in family, I was always asked to be something or do something or make something. Um, and, And yoga just said, just show up, do your best. That's okay. That's all I ask of you today. And then, you know, and as I would reach one edge, I realized, oh, wow, I've gone past that edge. And so I would get to my next edge and each edge. um, I was witnessing myself gently embracing myself and giving myself a bit more courage to settle, um, a bit more courage to actually breathe. Um, I didn't have to be perfect. Um, all I had to do was just practice. So, um, so I think that's really has been the biggest lesson. Uh, and it's one I'm still, I'm still working through. Cause I mean, I have days now where I feel like, you know, I have to be perfect. Um, or I have to meet the goal, and then I have to roll it back and say, Whoa Benita, no, you don't just come, just come as you are. <laughs> you are good enough just mm-hmm. as you are. And Mm -hmm. another teacher um, said to me once that, you know, because we all have this imposter syndrome, right? And I know, I I mean, I definitely Mm -hmm. had it hugely when I started teaching. even now, depending on the space I'm teaching in, it'll, it'll show up. But a teacher shared with me once that, be yourself, show up as you are. And those that need what you have to offer will also show up. And I had to sit with that for a minute. And I'm like, hmm. How does that work? <laughs> um, but it's true. It's it's true. It's true. Um, I, you know, I felt some some intimidation because the type of yoga I gravitate to wasn't isn't the vinyasa and the more energetic, but it was more contemplative, um, more of that inner work. And um, so I'm thinking everybody wants the wants the vinyasa, the ashtanga, you know, boom, bam, you know, just really, really young type practice. But a beautiful surprise is that there's so much stress and anxiety in the world right now. Um, people are just looking for a mm-hmm. place to rest even if it's just for 60 minutes or 75 minutes they're just looking for a place where they can just rest and um and i enjoy holding that container for them so
0: Mm -hmm. amazing that's awesome um i feel like we did a lot of (laughs) deep philosophical stuff i want to take it a little lighter now and um no it's wonderful no you're wonderful um What are some of your personal self care rituals? Um, How do you take care of yourself?
1: I meditate. I have my own yoga practice. Um, I walk. I am always doing something creatively. Um, So another outlet for me is I'm a fine art photographer as well, and um, I like to go to my photography to to decompress. And, you know, and sometimes through my photography, I realize there's a softness that might come through that maybe may not come through in my in my day to day. Um, I'd like to say I hold the container for myself as well as I do others, but I don't. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. it's a daily thing for me to show up. Um, I'm always restarting, which is great. Um, which is part of the Buddhist principles. You know, you can always start again. I love that, um, and I am always starting again. Right now, I'm in the middle of a mini um, meditation retreat with Cindy Lee, one of my teachers, and um, and I decided to, even though I, I'm I'm some experienced in meditation, I think we can always get better. Um, I'm using that as a way to re-energize and restart. I've also been doing this 21 day meditation challenge through um, the app, 10% Happier with Dan Harris. I love that app. Wonderful podcast there. so, yeah, so a combination of those things is is my self-care. Yeah, Awesome.
0: And um, what are you currently reading and who do you go to for either mind, body or spiritual help um, at the moment?
1: You know, I'm not reading one thing. I'm always reading... <laughs> Like bits and and pieces of of different things. I guess primarily I'm reading right now Rhonda McGee's book, The Inner Work of of Racial Justice. Um, And part of the reason I'm reading that, Mm. I'm I'm part of a book discussion that will be held through the Contemplative Sciences Center this week. And um, so that's been really illuminating you know, the book is about how we can use our mindful, our mindfulness practices and our contemplative practices um, in that social activist space. So that's interesting. Um, other things that I've been reading, um, Cindy Lee, she wrote a book called May I Be Happy, and it talks about her journey and some of the struggles um, that she experienced as a um, yoga teacher Um, So I find inspiration from that. Um, Yeah, lots of blogs out there I follow. I really probably inundate my brain with too much information sometimes. I I am a gatherer of information.
0: (laughs) And uh, do you have somebody that you go to for? I know you have teachers, but... um like a Reiki practitioner, an acupuncturist, just like your go-to? I mean, I guess right now we're not really going anywhere, but somebody that helps you?
1: I always go back to um, the teachers that I originally trained under. Um, and, that, and and you know, I'll touch base with them. Um, I'm a big follower of... Um, mm. um, I'm a big follower of Jay Brown, Um He's a yoga teacher that's been around for a while, and he hosts, he has a blog and a podcast, um, so I follow him as well. But, you know, I'd like to say, you know, locally, there was one place that I would gravitate to, but there really isn't. Yeah. So that's actually, mm-hmm. you know, Stephanie, one of the gifts mm. of COVID. You know, we think about COVID, and we're grieving everything that we've lost as a part of COVID. But in many ways, there's a lot that we've gained, too. And one of the things that I've gained is I'm able now to actually practice remotely with some of my favorite teachers. Um, And it it was really a joy Mm. to be in in their classes again. Um, Because, you know, before you can't travel to take a nine o'clock class on a Sunday morning, but you can log in with Zoom. So that, that has been a true gift lately that I've enjoyed
0: that's all awesome. yeah I, there's definitely um less some some blessings when we really look at what's going on obviously it's not great but but that there is value in there's some finding, little
1: yeah some little race of some sort um, of gratitude yeah somewhere
0: mm-hmm. yeah um and my last question it's a big question um and maybe we'll unpack it on, a, on another episode but I do want to speak to what we were discussing before about the wellness world, not necessarily being inclusive or representative of um, all the cultures that are out there. Um, What are some things that you think, either as an ally or um, a person of color, that can be done? to take some steps in the right direction in terms of representation and wellness?
1: Wow, yeah, you're right, that is, that is a, a, a big a big question. Um, so, I, you know, I go back to reflecting on um, what it felt like for me in a yoga space. Um, and part of my aim is to consciously and intentionally, you know, bring yoga um, and mindless meditation to others that look like me, whatever part of me they resonate with. Maybe it's because um, I am a person of color, maybe because I'm a woman, maybe it's because I'm a larger bodied yogi, whatever that is. um, I'm okay to to represent that for them. Um, And everyone is looking for their own comfort zone. And... I think people naturally feel more comfortable around the things that they can identify with or things that they've had positive experiences with. Um, So with that, um, one of the ways I think, well, there are lots of ways. So I think there are things that teachers can do and things that studios can do to make the space more inclusive. Um, I think the biggest thing we can do is not to make assumptions. Um, not to make assumptions about your students and that, you know, whether that assumption is around gender or whether the assumption is around ability. Um, An experience for me has been, you know, I walk into a yoga studio and they assume that there are things I can and cannot do. So I think the first thing we can do is not make those assumptions, Mm -hmm. um, especially around gender, Um, you know, ask what a person's pronoun is. It's okay to ask. Um, Maybe even introduce yourself with your own pronoun, um, which is something I failed to do in the beginning of the podcast, but my pronouns are she and her. I'm a cisgender yoga teacher. Um, And then I think another way that we can be inclusive in our spaces is to use non- gendered language by saying folks or friends. One of my yoga teachers says friends and I love it. Yeah. And I've tried to incorporate that in my practice as well. You know, it's just welcome friends into the space. Um, And check in with your students after class, make sure that they felt comfortable. So don't be afraid of the feedback and really listen to the feedback and, and ask your students what you can do to support them. Um, yeah.
0: Do you think that, um, what, what do you think are m- more ways that we can encourage people of color to be in the space of yoga or teach yoga? I mean, what do do you feel like they're I'm trying to think of how I asked this? Um, do you think that they don't feel encouraged to seek this as a I think career, you know, like where, where, how do we help, add, you know, encourage more people of color to persevere this route if they feel a call to it, or do you think they are, we're just not I think acknowledging them. We have to
1: show up. First of all, y- you have to show up, um, and, and basically represent, um, I think also there's this, there's this phrase and I don't even know where it <clears throat> started from, but, um, about you know taking a horse to water, you can't make it drink or whatever. I think we need to be in the spaces where the community is that we want to serve. So if if it's a yoga it's a yoga studio okay. or a nonprofit wants to serve a certain community, don't set yourself up out in the suburbs that's off of the bus line or people can't get to it. Um, Right now, you know, we're not doing things in person, but, you know, we're doing a lot of of, of online Zoom classes. Not everybody has access to the Internet. I mean, it's a fact. Not everyone has a computer. Um, So it's it's, it's huge. But I think generally speaking, I think we have to show up. So me as a person of color yoga teacher and other people of color yoga teachers, um, we have to show up. And then I think we have to go to the community that we want to serve and not expect them to come to us, which is, I think the dominant culture has made that assumption. If we build it, they will come.
0: No. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of your observations from your space and what you think a change needs to be is as a catalyst into, into a situation, right? Like half of it is an education realizing, okay, this is what we're not doing right by people, how do we, how do I as an ally, um, how do people of color make the change so that, you know, in five years, there is a difference from all the little things that we and do.
1: And I also add stuff so, to, um, you know, there's so many um, social injustice and inequities are, are coming to, I mean, they've always been there now, but, you know, now the the, the flashlight is, is really being illuminate, illuminating them and and light. And, so with that, I think one important thing is to remember our breath and it might sound, um, I don't know how it'll sound, but I think it's important to realize that, um, we have our breath and no one can take our breath away despite some of the things that that's happened recently. Um, but in the midst of having a bad day or a challenging situation, um, I think we can always take that moment to to take that deep inhale and that full exhale um, and I like to invite folks to do that to, you know to come back to their breath um and and symbolically that breath can is yoga you know yoga can help you can 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 help you do that cindy lee says it's portable practical Mm. and personal and um and so it's always available to you yeah
0: awesome um you are amazing i i'm i know you're a great yoga teacher but i think some of the things that you may take for granted is the courage to show up and be open and honest about who you are and what you're experiencing and i think that is some of the The most profound healing is to be somebody that other people can look up to and say, well, oh, she's just like me or, oh, she has something like me and she's doing great or she's working through it. And I think that you should, you know, really, um, I think it's quite brave and really amazing and you should absolutely be proud of that. And is there anything in the last few minutes that you would like to add that maybe we didn't cover or Um,
1: first? I just want to thank you again um, with huge, huge gratitude um, for for reaching out and and giving me an opportunity um, to just share. Um, As you know, we've had a couple of conversations. Um, I had a lot of anxiety around. Around the podcast, um, and, I, and I think part of that anxiety is because there are other people who are going to hear it, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. I hope and, and that so. can be a little intimidating.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's one thing when you're in the front of your yoga class, although now we're we're, we're taping them, but before we didn't record them, um, and so so some of that permanency. I think I found a little bit intimidating and and I had some anxiety around, but I'm hugely grateful that you found some value and that you think others will find value in in what I do have to offer. And so starting in the fall, I'll be teaching again at the university um, through the Contemplative Sciences Center. I'll have one class there. And I will also um, be teaching at Common Ground, Um, We're going to get the online classes back up and running. And um, so, yeah, so you can find me there. And I'm also starting a new alliance with diversity in recovery, um, which is just what it sounds. It's a recovery group um, for everyone, where everyone is welcome. And I'm offering um, yoga and meditation as a resource to that group and anybody that needs it. You know, CSC... Virginia.edu or Common Ground Healing Arts.
0: Yeah, anything no, else that you know? I think that's it. To- Thank you. Okay, awesome. Well, you're awesome. Thank you so much okay, for this. Bye-bye. And we'll chat soon. I'm Stephanie Wood, your host. I want to thank you so much for dropping in. My next episode will feature a amazing guest from the world of wellness and woo. And I also want to hear your ideas. The geode is a guide cast for you. And if you drop a comment below, we'll take your request and do what we can to bring you that content you want to hear. Please subscribe and review and tell your friends. The geode is available on anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Again, thank you so much and I hope that you come back for more of the Geode because wellness rocks and so do you.